0: Hello and welcome to Coach Mark in Manila here. I am from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and impact.com. and as many of you now will know, I'm here to help you live your best possible life, whether that be improving your English as a second language, um, or maybe you're a native speaker who just lacks confidence or wants to add oomph to their presentations. Perhaps you're looking to get yourself a job overseas, move out of your native country and you need to practice your interview techniques or understand how on earth you deal with the cross-cultural differences. Because that does make all of the difference to your results and the outcome. Whatever it is you're seeking to do, I can help you. Because either of those two sites, get yourself a free 30-minute session with me via Zoom and we can go through what's troubling you. Um, today I'm gonna continue my theme of trying to help as many of you as possible with pronunciation or learning issues. Um, This goes for all Arabic speakers, but I would particularly be uh, responding to the inquiries that I've had now from loads of students listening to me in Saudi Arabia. Hello, it's lovely to have you here. And thanks for letting me know that you're listening in. It's always helpful for me to know who my audience is and some of the tips that you're needing to help you break some of the challenges you're facing. So let's talk a bit more in depth. I did do a session, um, a podcast session about Arabic in general Arabic speakers. This is going to go into a little bit more detail again, really helpful for you in Saudi Arabia, but of course, wherever you are, if you're in Dubai um, or maybe you're Qatar, okay, All of those regions, um, you know, the Middle East in general, okay, these tips are really for you. Also, if you're not from those regions, don't switch off now because you're going to find out a lot of information that will help you. Some of it will also apply to other speakers, such as my speakers from Turkey and Egypt. Also, bear in this mind that you can be working with people from this region. So it's really helpful for you to understand the challenges that they might be having in pronunciation. So when you're listening, you can understand quicker and faster if the person you're speaking with is still struggling a little bit with pronunciation. We all need this help and support at times. So do yourself a favour and your fellow international students a favour. Stick around for this podcast. Understand what's challenging them just like they will do with you. And together we can all communicate a lot nicer. Okay, so let's crack on with this one. It's very um, interesting to see the challenges that my Arabic speaking students have, because clearly, um, you know, it's important, it's a multinational environment, um, and many of the Arabic speaking countries, particularly the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, for those of you who don't know the acronym, okay, only about 10% of your population is Emirati, okay? The rest is a mix of other nationalities. And you're all using English as a common language. It's kind of the international business language. And both adults and children, you often attend additional English language courses to supplement your formal schooling and preparing for things like the IELTS. And if you're struggling with IELTS, check out on ESL Business English Experts, my IELTS service for writing tasks and speaking tasks. It's a great service. You can purchase the tasks in bulk. And then use them with me at your own speed and pace no booking is required and it's going to really help you so let's go a bit further the challenges are many um, because basically you have a completely different writing system so that just causes problems alone and um, also in the grammatical systems between english and arabic um so these previous learning expectations really going to come into play when you start to learn english um now let's just look at the first thing. Basically a different alphabet is making your reading and writing difficult. Okay? As we know, Arabic is written from right to left. So straight away English is going to look backwards to you. So that's rather I have the utmost respect for my Arabic speakers, because you're having to really understand everything the inverse way. Okay. Um course books can seem rather overwhelming to you at first, and even when you have been learning for a while, you know, you might just find you're slower. In the initial stages of studying your English than those whose you know language uses the same left to right and the alphabet is English all right in addition worth saying um, Arabic does not have upper and lowercase letters um, and although you do do punctuation at school as part of the writing system it's given less attention so it's not uncommon for us to find that you mix up you know your big and small letters your capital and lowercase letters within sentences and you're not using enough full stops. Also, we have these run-on sentences, which I mentioned before in the other podcast. This happens a lot, and it's seen as too, too much superfluous kind of extra fluff, we would say. Okay, You don't need that in English, and in fact, it's really important that you cut that out, because in Arabic, it is, it is welcome, so we have got to get used to different writing styles. Just with respect to punctuation, um, <clears throat> some of my Arabic students um, kind of apply the Arabic rules to English, and as a result, this often use, uses commas then instead of full stops, right? So we've got to get you used to using full stops and when to start a new sentence. And that's something that we can do together in a session. But take a look at your writing, and try and compare it to some native English speaking writing or on the British Council's website. That's a great place to check out a bit more as well. And you can compare it, all right? Or you can just check it out with me and get a free 30 minute session. i will be happy to go through that with you. Um, also, we we see many Arabic speakers um, who are coming from countries that use French, like you know, look at Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Lebanon. Okay, um, you're less likely um, to um, have a problem writing English because you're familiar with the Roman alphabet. So that is a bonus. That is the one conditional exception I would add. Um, but an additional problem can be is that um, you may look that writing or content that writing is not important to speaking. It's really important you spend just as much time on writing as speaking and um, because the two are kind of linked. One tip I'm going to give him suggestion is that um, to take time to practice writing each day. Ten minutes, you know, a day writing is really helpful for you. Um, and then once you've written something try to speak out loud about what you've written and that way you don't feel as though you're missing out on your speaking practice as well. So that's a really good activity to do okay. Um, and try to work on something you find interesting keep it always fun and interesting don't write about something you hate all right we want to have you invested in this experience and having a fun experience with it as well the other tip i'm going to say is the different grammar makes english very confusing for you um, so any of my saudi students can can agree with this my Dubai students in fact as anybody who's speaking arabic to be fair and um, the two main grammatical areas Arabic speakers are struggling with at the moment are the verb to be. Okay. Um, and the present perfect aspect. So let's talk about it. The verb to be is not used really very frequently in Arabic as it is in English. Okay. It is used when talking about the past, but it's not necessary when describing things in the present. And this can lead to big errors, like we hear things like he happy, he coming, not he is happy, he is coming, okay? So it's really important that if you hear yourself saying things like that, you focus on your use of the to be verb, okay? The present perfect causes a lot of confusion for you as well. And um, it does for many other speakers of other languages. This is not just restricted to Arabic speakers. I can't stress that enough. Um, it's highly common to hear even competent speakers of English, right? Using present perfect to talk about things that happened at a specific time in the past. So you might hear examples like, I have seen him yesterday. Now, "Mm, not right, okay? What should that be? I've seen him yesterday? No, I saw him yesterday, okay? And other mistakes that we hear at times, um, caused by Arabic interference, as it were, um, with overusing the present continuous, and incorrect word orders. So for example, we we mix up the adjectives and the nouns, okay? So we get them the wrong way round. One tip I can give you here to try and tackle this is, um, right, okay, try to find out, okay, from your point of view, okay, which areas um, you're going to really struggle with the most and then focus just on tackling those. Don't try and just do everything um, like a lesson plan. Some areas you're going to be really good at. So I don't want you to focus on stuff you're really good at. I just want you to focus on the areas you know are your issues. If you don't know where your areas are, get someone to listen to you as a native speaker, give you feedback. Or you can try and record yourself in the Sabbath, but it's going to be hard. If you don't know the areas you're making, how can you possibly correct yourself? So this is why you really do need a coach to work with or somebody who's a native speaker or very good at English to help you pick up on that. Okay. And then what I'd like you to do. Try to discuss and um, about what sentences are right and wrong in English. Try to pick out right ones and wrong ones and work out why they're right and why they're wrong. Um, it's really helpful for you um, to do that. We want you to try and pick up better um, the grammar when it's happening and when you're using the to be in the right way or not. Okay. The final one I'm going to suggest here is also pronunciations. The English sounds really hard to pronounce. Okay. Um, and we often find that in Arabic-speaking countries, like in Egypt, the P is usually pronounced as a but a B sound, and the F as a S or a Z sound. Okay, and over in the Gulf, it's slightly different. The pronunciation of the F is less of a problem, um, as you do use it over there. Okay, but the V and the F are frequently confused. And um, silent letters are often pronounced as in the S in Island, so it becomes Island. Okay, which is wrong. It's Island. Okay, it's a silent sound. Um, Clearly, it's because there's no sound letters in Arabic, right? So you're just going to pronounce them all. It's phonetically, you know, spoken as it's written, but not so in English. Very different. Um, another frequent common one that comes up, uh, consonant clusters. I said this before. Two or more consonants occur together without a vowel sound in between. So what you're tending to do is add an extra small vowel in there, right? Okay, so speak instead of speak. That's a familiar one. We all know about in ESL. These errors um, don't tend to cause a major communication problem because, you know, we can kind of work it out in context, but misunderstandings can sometimes come because of intonation patterns that can seem rather rude. That's the bigger problem. So you're quite, the patterns in Arabic can seem very direct, too direct and rather abrupt. And without the right intonation and sort of rounding your sound, and going up and down, as you can hear it in here, it comes across as being very just like demanding. Okay, and that is wrong because clearly you're not being rude. You're not meaning to be. At least most of you aren't, anyway. But remember this: that first impressions count. And even if you're not meaning that to happen, you have to listen to how you're sounding. Compare yourself to a native English speaker or um, something that you've seen, and then think right. Am I sounding a bit too abrupt? And then work to soften it, okay? If you need help doing that, I can do that with you in a 30-minute session to at least get you started. Um, What I would say here is it's useful for you to just play around with it, to really look at the mouth shape. The mouth mechanics are important. And again, you need to see this on camera. I can't really do this over a podcast. Um, listening and recording yourself, as you've said, are really helpful because you can become aware of your own habits. Are you always repeating a certain word? Is that happening to you, then you can tone it down. Also, looking at things such as your intonation, you know, try to imitate different moods. Say things in a happy mood, then a sad mood, a grumpy mood, a fun mood. Try to be playful with it, okay, and really get into the characters that you're playing to feel How that intonation will be different. Okay, so you might be like, you know, hi, can I help you? Okay, that's a nice, light-hearted one. But if I say hi, can I help you? I sound a bit grumpy, right? So play with the intonation because it changes the meaning of the words. Okay, Um, and when we look at it, all I'd like you to do is just have a good kind of open mind about yourself. Do not expect too much about yourself or compare yourself to other people, other than when we're looking at how you sound you know, I mean, comparing your pronunciation to a native speaker, but I don't want you to think, well, my friend's doing better at English than I am. That's not going to help. I just want you to focus on your own goals and your own progress and be proud of where you've reached. Okay. Um, If you can try and get a group of friends together, work together in a group, if that helps you. All right. It really does help support you and ensure that you are not taking this too seriously and not putting too much pressure on yourself. And um, I'd also just comment about the cultural differences as well, because that's big. And if you're struggling um, with cultural, cross-cultural issues and would like some training on that, I offer that service to both for corporate companies, so your teams, if you've got big multinational different departments and you're having issues there. And indeed, individually, if you're struggling to get with a company's culture, I can help you unfathom it. OK, right. And work it out. Um, so we do see different cultural um, issues. And of course, some of the ones that we have to be quite respectful to and understand um, is that in many cases, it might not be appropriate for us to be discussing certain subjects, and we understand that's okay. So, really, in our sessions, it's up to you to set the tone and let us know what might be okay or not to discuss if you want to have a one to one session. In general, I know that some areas of music, for example, can be an issue. In addition, obviously, you know, we we are still sort of working out how things need to be. Um, And when we look at things between the genders, that's very different too, okay? So I know things are progressing um, and it's great that that is happening. I think that what is happening, particularly in Saudi Arabia at the moment and the Vision 2030, is controversial as some of it is. I understand that. I respect that. Um, I think that it's got good points and bad points, for example, but in general, I do believe that it, what is happening in the region is, is inspirational, okay? And um, I, for one, I can't wait to see what happens next, okay? Um, obviously in Egypt, for example, as I've understood from some of my lovely Egyptian students, hello from you, thank you for all of your guidance and, and training and educating me in the cultural differences. I know that in some cases, men and women may sit separately at the start of a, a class or a session together. Um, but then, you know, it is okay for us to mix you together. So try to mix if it's possible, try to do that, um, because everybody will have a different point of view. And men and women do look at things very differently. So you sometimes can get the benefit of that. So if it is possible and acceptable within your culture, and um, then do try to hang out um, with as many different people as possible for more walks of life, because that's going to help you exchange your best practice quicker. So try to, see these cultural differences as an opportunity to actually learn something from, from each other as we all do. Um, and all I would say to you is that, um, ultimately, it's, it's important that you look at the intonation mainly. Okay, the sounds and the pronunciation and the intonation are my top tips for my Saudi students and indeed anybody from the Middle Eastern regions. Um, if you are struggling with anything that I've shared in here, um, or have tried it and it's not working for you and you need somebody to give you feedback then get in touch with me my telegram channel is the quickest way to do that but overall keep going and remember you get what you believe in so believe in better for yourself and i wish you all a successful and blessed end or start to your day i'll see you soon take care hello everybody and sorry to interrupt but i just wanted to mention a few things that can help you all right so i want to help as many of you as possible you can get a free 30 minute check of your english level your oet ielts or any other things that you're trying to achieve here with me If you're trying to pass your interviews maybe you're attempting to get a job overseas you would like to know how you're sounding and what a native speaker really would say about your responses in an interview or an IELTS or OET test, for example, um, check out that at ESLBusinessEnglishExperts.com. If you're looking more for career and immigration coaching, and would like to discuss your plans, and you can